wherever you listen throughout the world. It's football time! We are back for another episode of the Gridiron Guys, your home of the NFL south of the equator, coming in after digesting a huge week of preseason week one. How are you feeling about it all, Cam? You're stuffed of football yet or you're hungry for more? Oh, I'm hungry for more as always, but geez, I got a little bit excited and I went to send you an invite for a meeting on Thursday and you're like, what the hell are you doing? You, you've you've cooked it here. We well, said we're not going to do it till Sunday because there's games. So Really got ahead of myself and got excited, but um, we're here now and ready to tuck in a bit of what this week gave us. We didn't really see a huge amount because there's not many guys out there that actually belong on a team, but it's good to see football back. No, it was. It was enjoyable, wasn't it? Bit of a fun, toss the pig skin around. I think the good part of it was we got to see a lot of uh, question marks that we had over a lot of teams, mm. you know, where it's rookies or whether there might be QB battles coming up. And we got mm. to see those sort of play out and get, get a little bit of gist of what, what people are thinking of moving forward. But um, as you sort of said, teams aren't exactly settled yet. And looking at it, uh, there have been a few rumours popping out before we dive into the games um, about some guys wanting to move on and things like that. Roquan Smith is obviously the biggest mm. one that's come out and asked for a trade. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Maybe what, are, what is he worth? Like, is he... is Because he, like, he's all pro, isn't he? He's quite um, good. Maybe not. But he certainly wants to be paid... I know he's coming off the end of his rookie year. He's due for about $9 million this year, I think. But he wants to be paid around the $20 million, And that would make him the highest paid linebacker in the league. Or, sorry, not his linebacker, but whatever his position is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's a linebacker. I think you made yeah. on there. Um, I actually don't know if he's an all-pro. I'll quickly have a look at this. Uh, let's see. He is, yeah, our second-team all-pro 2020 and 2021. Yeah. So, you look, you're not far off there. He's a first-round pick, pick eight. Mm-hmm. He's been very good for the Bears. And... I don't know if we talk, go back to what is this guy worth? And you said, yeah, he's probably going to be worth a couple of dollars this year. Cause I think it's the last year of his contract. You said, and he's got, he's obviously got to pay it out, but yeah, yeah. you're going to have to trade a little bit for him. And my issue here is, well, I don't have a huge issue. Cause I don't think the way Miko does. Miko doesn't like linebackers. He thinks it's the most <laughs> overrated position in football. I get what he means in a sense, but what do you like? Do you think linebackers are really that bad? No, I think they're pretty handy, but I, I think you've got to find like the ones with a nice balance. Now, looking at Roquan, you can see he's really good when he drops back into coverage. Like mm. he is an elite runner. Uh, he's quite fast. He can keep up with the best of the wide receivers. Um, we've seen that over the past couple of years when he drops back into coverage. He can really push those guys. And that, it means that he can man up a little bit on some of the bigger receivers and tight ends as well and provide some help to that secondary. Mm. What I do find, though, is that he is actually quite small and not as big. So, And in that speed, he trades off for what he could be useful in run coverage. So if someone comes out and blocks him, you look at some of the tapes and he gets pushed off really easily. You know, he can't stand up against the lineman whatsoever. But then on the flip side as well, because of his speed, he can run around those guys if he's sitting sort of just a bit back off the line. So I do rate him. Um, he's shown that he's quite handy and he can and he can be a focal point in this Bears defense, especially since they've traded a few guys over the offseason. But it depends how they want to use him and whether they want to keep just having basically an overpaid linebacker running in the secondary or they actually want someone defending up on the line, which I think is probably what they might lean towards because, you know, if he's going to sit in and take over someone as the big scary guy like Khalil Mack, mm. I don't think he can actually do that. Yeah, you're right. Like he's a tackle machine. But yeah, if I was the Ravens, like as speaking from the team that I go for, I would love to have him. Like I'd take him, oh, put him, no next doubt. To, put, yeah. Yeah, put him next to Patrick Queen. Absolutely. Thanks for coming. 
But as you said, like you, you put him in there, you pay him for a year, and then what? You're going to have to offer him a brand new contract. You're going to have to pay him all those dollars, and or he's going to pay play to try and get paid and walk on a free, and you get nothing in return, and he goes somewhere else. So you've wasted a year. You've traded a few things out to get him, so then you lose more in the long run. I don't know. It's a bit of a risk to take, but I guess if you're a win now team, it's worth it. But the way he's left the organization sounds messy, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I don't know why he's doing this, but because it just doesn't look good in the public eye either. And no. so, and I think the other big issue as well that he doesn't actually have an agent himself. So one You're of the, the things, yeah, exactly. So one of the things is as well is because he's currently under contract, no other team can actually talk to him because obviously that's the tampering or, or whatnot. Yeah. Um. So normally they'd have to talk to their agent. So no one can actually, no one can actually discuss terms with him outside of the Bears, and he can't discuss terms with anyone outside of the Bears. And so we actually don't really know what he might be worth or what he could be worth because the only thing that we find out is whatever probably the Bears leaked to the media because, I mean, Roquan just certainly doesn't have a tap into, you know, like ESPN or whatever, but the Bears would. So that's probably going to be the other issue about this is that he's running this himself. And I think that possibly is where that valuation is coming from as well because he obviously, you know, and guys should back themselves as well. But yeah, for sure. He's probably coming in on that side where he is not being as realistic as he probably should be because, you know, his heart's wearing on his sleeve and things like that. Um, and, you know, come in and want to be the highest paid in the league. Is he the best in the league? Probably not. And I think that's where it's going to get messy. Oh, it certainly will. And this kind of goes back to the question we posed last week when you're talking about guys holding out and does it work out for the franchise in the long term? This one could, as you said, he's pretty – like he's not going to be disappointing if you if you pay for him and you trade for him. You know what you, you know what you're getting out of this guy, but is it what's going to take your team to the next level? Is it going to push you for a championship? I don't know. Yeah, and I think looking at him, Bears are obviously not going to want to trade, but if everyone thinks that he's out on the loan, Bears may have to settle for something late, maybe like a I don't know, like a round 2, 3 pick and maybe some things littered around whereas you'd probably mm. assume that they would want a first rounder plus some other stuff as well. I would say so. I think they're a team that's willing to trade. We know that we saw that with the Khalil Mack trade. Like they are a team willing to move on from bigger pieces to try and build around it, get more draft capital to build the team. So it's definitely one to keep an eye out for over the next few weeks before we start the season. I don't know if there's any rumours floating about about where, but I'm sure there's plenty of projections out there. Mm. A few other rumours as well. There is talk about the Patriots potentially offloading some talent at wide receivers, some of the veteran guys there. They've got about five uh, wide receivers out on their list at the moment. I'm hearing that Roquan, uh, not Roquan, Nelson Aguilar is the guy that they're potentially going to be trading. Um, they've got Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne, Aguilar, Devontae Parker, and they picked up rookie Tyquan Thornton. Now, mm. they've got, so, so it's quite a lot of depth there at wide receiver. But the thing is, they went all in this season having Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith now in the tight end. So the belief is that they're going to run the two tight end package a lot more. So realistically, if they can offload a guy like maybe Parker or Aguilar, they can clear some cap space and look elsewhere if they need to add pieces further down the line. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. I was having a look at what you were just talking about there, and there was one, like Jacoby Myers, you said, like he was one of their best receivers last year, what, 83 receptions, nearly 900 yards, meant to hit the unrestricted free agency next year, but they didn't offer him a long-term deal. So I guess does that mean that they don't value him as a long-term option? So they could be likely to move him. I don't know, but they've got a lot of depth, but not guys that really stand out as a wide receiver one or like, I I don't know, I I actually don't nearly rate the Patriots wide receiver room. No, I don't either. And I think that's why they're probably leaning towards that tight end look. Um, 
I think they know that that's going to be better. I mean, Taekwon could be anything. Who knows oh, what Bill's... Oh, yeah, that's uh, age, yeah. <sighs> yeah, and you never know what Bill's thinking upstairs as well. That guy is basically a moving Rubik's Cube half the time and just it's just no roadmap can cover what that guy's thinking. So he's got a plan, obviously, and but I think it's, it's no secret that this wide receiver is not going to win you a Super Bowl. So it's probably fair enough that they're going to look elsewhere or, you know, potentially move on from some guys and maybe build up some capital and then attack somewhere else if, you know, the right guy comes onto the market or, you know, the right player ends up in the draft, essentially. Yeah, that's true. And look, they could probably pick up a guy like Roquan Smith and smack their defense even more. But looking at another wide receiver, I think could potentially the market. I mean, you guys could be in for one after the Tim Patrick Mm -hmm. injury, which sucks. Uh, Jalen Rager. Now that guy's been talked about plenty by us and plenty by everyone else. Hasn't really hit the heights of what they expected being drafted ahead of Justin Jefferson. Bit of a whiff there. Could they move on from him and get a little bit now before they don't get anything for him? Yeah, well, I think because they've got a pretty big wide receiver room as well, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah, well, I mean, you start off with AJ Brown now. They picked him up, and then you've got Devonta Smith, and there's a few other guys, uh, Quez Watkins, and a few others. I'm not sure of all of them, but they've got a decent room. Yeah, and I suppose if you're looking at Rager's contract, he would be coming to the end of that rookie contract essentially over the next year or two. So, yeah, being able to offload that, not having to pay him because he would have been on a high um, draft salary as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's a no-brainer really, especially when he's pretty much relegated back to that third, fourth spot. Um, and we've sort of seen that I don't think they place much trust in them, do they? And he's certainly not shown to be very trustworthy out there. He's dropped a lot of, like, he's, he's quite good hands, but in the clutch, you can see that he, it get, the moment gets to him a lot and he does drop it. So I think possibly if he does stay on the Eagles, getting dropped down to that sort of like third, fourth rung may be good for him because there's less spotlight on him. They're not going to look to him in the hard times. However, if he does go for somewhere else and you can get him on the cheap for his last couple of years on his rookie contract, yep. I, I don't see why he wouldn't be a good backup as well, potentially, you know, for a cover like for Tim Patrick. And again, someone that you don't need to look for in the clutch times, but could be there if you just need to throw a ball out to him or something like that. Yeah, it's very true. Look, he he could just need a change of scenery. We've seen guys with a change of scenery really flourish and start hitting their actual potential. But he could be like a Kevin White or a Brashad Perryman and just fade into existence for being a really highly touted pick. Um, other positions, Kareem Hunt is one that mm. we're kind of keeping an eye on. I know they've got Nick Chubb. He sits behind him. He's probably re- running back one caliber. He's like a red zone guy. But do we move on from him? Do the Browns move on? I don't think they want to because obviously they know they've got a good footy player there. And especially mm. if Deshaun gets to come in, they are in striking distance of a chip. Um I suppose their issue is it's coming to the end of that contract that he signed once before after he got kicked off the Chiefs. So yeah. I think he only stands to make like it's it's fuck all like a million or two or something like that. And he's got a couple of roster bonuses and things like that. So I think it's something stupid like so yeah, stands to make one point three five million in base, um, a one million roster bonus, yep. and then another five hundred k if he's on the team in week one. So, you know, for a guy like Kareem Hunt, what are you paying chips for him? So it's only ideal that he's starting to get the, you know, he's paid him back, right? They've gone Mm -hmm. out, they've done a solid for him. And I think it's probably time that they do a solid for him. I can see why they would want to keep him because they've just got weapons. Um, And especially in the fact that he can't really hold in because they can find him quite well. And he obviously doesn't have the capital to be able to pay those fines at the moment. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Well, I suppose that's the thing. He does. He could get a lot more carries in a different situation somewhere else. And I think we saw last year with that Dernis Johnson. He goes all right, and they've got other guys in the running back roster. We've always said running backs, a good one is not replaceable, but other guys are replaceable. You can find another one. You can churn him out like Ravens proved that last year with their run arounds. But 
look, I think he could go somewhere else and do a serviceable job. I don't know if he's an RB1 in the team, but he'll get more carries in a different situation. Yeah, massively. All right. So looking ahead to the season as well, I know we were looking at a couple of offensive positions last couple of weeks. Mm. I think we were going to dip into our top secondaries this week. So this is always the fun side of the defense. Um, you know, what? who sort of looks out to you as sort of one of the top secondaries? I know for myself, I've actually got the Ravens as one of the top secondaries in the league. I'm assuming you, if you've got your um, patriotism in the right spot, you'll have them there as well. Yeah, I didn't really want to start with my rose-coloured <laughs> glasses and viewing it through that lens, but I have to. Like, if I look at this straight off the bat, I'll say Marcus Peters, previous All-Pro, yes, coming off an injury, but the bloke's an All-Pro, stupid amount of intercepts since he's been in the league. I think the most since he's been in the league. Marlon mm. Humphrey, also an All-Pro, coming off an injury, there's another issue. We signed Kyle Fuller, who's been around a few teams, but he's good enough. Play nickel, we'll slot him in there, that's fine. Then our safeties is where we had issues previously. Now, we've got Chuck Clark still. We went and paid big dollars for Marcus Williams, who I believe is one of the best safeties in the league. And then we drafted Kyle Hamilton. Now, he fell a little bit, and there's still people blowing up and watching his highlight patches on Twitter. And, like, yeah, he got burnt by Malik Willis. But, look, he's not there for his speed. He's there for his ball-hawking ability. So, for me, we're number one. Yep. And, and that's said with a little bit of bias, but also said with the quality of our team. There's a few others down the track. Tampa Bay, I like. Cleveland Browns, I like. Green Bay, Miami, and the Bills uh, outside of that. I mean, even New Orleans Saints, you could probably run out there as well. Do you like anyone else? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really big on the Browns. So, look, I was looking at Ravens number one, but Browns look at my number two. Like, you've got mm-hmm. um, Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom too, and Greedy, Greedy Williams. That's all three yep. in the corners. They were mm-hmm. all quite dominant last year. Especially, uh, it was greedy uh, coming on. Oh, sorry, was it Newsom? Newsom coming off on the rookie season. Yeah, um, so. he's just slotted in so well. Um, they all dominated quite well. You know, multiple pass defense, multiple interceptions as well. Um, and then I feel like they've all got in the safeties as well. They've got John Johnson and Grant Delpit, who probably not elite like the corners, but I think they're definitely mm-hmm. going to help push them up the board this year. Oh, definitely. It's it's hard because looking at some of these secondaries, they're like teams really stacked together a fair like a fair roster. Like cornerbacks for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, Murphy Bunting, and then pair that with Winfield Jr. And Edwards, the one that I really like outside of that, who we probably didn't see as much of last year without Jair Alexander, but Packers. Alexander, Eric Stokes, Russell Douglas, who really stepped up last year, Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage at safety. I think they're capable of probably putting up that top three number one up to number one status as the best secondary yeah i suppose when you get the highest paid cornerback back onto your team um he's only going to add to that oh you look at stokes's numbers from last year he had about 14 defense and one interception um whereas douglas came away with 13 defenses and five interceptions so Mm. and this is this is just like the one and two and things like that um Look, yeah, Bucks is another big one as well. I think the big thing with the Bucks is these guys are running into the end of their rookie contract. Um, so from that sort of running it back from that Super Bowl two years ago. So Dean, Murphy, Bunting and Edwards are all set to hit free agency after this season. So I think mm-hmm. the Bucks, they could really, this could be the last time where they have quite a nice core. And then look, let's be honest, they're not going to be able to keep them all, are they? They're going to end up no, losing one or two. Yeah. yeah. And that's the issue. Like, yeah, once these guys start hitting the free agency market, like they're, the worth for cornerbacks and safety is not so much, but cornerbacks can warrant such huge money. I guess that's why you see teams with probably that really good 
CB1 and safety, like one of their free safety or strong safety, like they've got some serious guys like Bills, Tredavious White, and then their safeties of Jordan Poyer and Michael Hyde, both elite last year. Yeah. And then Chargers is one I think could run up the board here. JC Jackson, a good pickup. Asante Samuel Jr., who was very good in his rookie season. Bryce Callahan's good. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Derwin James and this year Adelaide. Now, those are two very good safeties. And I look further down the list at you guys. Now, PS2, elite last year. Absolutely so unbelievable. And he's going to take us to another level. And then you look at Justin Simmons as your best safety, if not one of the best safeties in the league again. Correct. Yep. Uh, and then you've got guys like Ronald Darwin and Kareem Jackson, who are only going to light it up further. Mm. Pretty, I'm pretty excited between those guys. PS2 was so much fun to watch last year, wasn't he? Like, so good. just saw him coming out of Alabama, wasn't it? And he just killed it. I think it just proves that whatever we do on defense, I really enjoy. Like, they just they just managed to create like a good core. Um, and I feel like that no fly zone is coming back again a little bit, isn't it? Oh, it's going to be unbelievable to watch. Another team I like, Michael's team, Slay, Bradbury at corner, and then you've got Anthony Harris, who they've got across from the Vikings. But yeah, once you sort of lose, it's the depth for me on certain teams. Like the guys that aren't jumping up to that team's neck in the next level, they don't have that depth at corner. And I think we proved last year, like once you get injured, your corner depth just really struggles and you get burnt. Like your teams are absolutely smoked when you don't have those good guys out there. Well, I mean, you've got to look at some of the wide receiver talent that's running around. Like it's just absolutely ridiculous what's going around. Um, Speaking of a dark horse, I think you touched on him a little bit more uh, before, but look, the New Orleans Saints, especially with the pickup of Tyron Matthew, mm. um, they look like they're easily top 10, but they're, they're floating around. You know, you've got a guy like Marshall Lattimore, who was, you know, one of the premier corners as well last year, um, mm-hmm. Paulson Adebo and Marcus May as well. Uh, I think these guys can be quite strong, especially when... They got peppered a lot last year because obviously their offense wasn't on the on the field much. But yep. looking when they've got a full functioning offense and they're you know these guys aren't going to be tired and out on their legs, I really think they could cause some damage and really put some pressure on some quarterbacks. Oh, they certainly could, and they were pretty fortunate in picking up Marcus May because they lost Marcus Williams to us, and I think he's unbelievable, and that's a big loss for them. But Marcus May is a really good pickup from the Jets. I think he was pretty good there, and he's found himself in a good situation. Oh, massively. So I think. These are big ones. Probably the one that uh, people will be wondering about will be um, the Cowboys. Where do you think they're at? Because obviously uh, Diggs had such a huge oh. year last year, but it's the, it's the rest of the core that really oh. brings it down, doesn't it? Oh, well, that's the thing. If Trayvon, like, Trayvon Diggs, yes, he was good, got a lot of intercepts. But outside of that, yeah, I'm looking at this list. Kelvin Joseph, Jordan Lewis, and then your safeties of Jaron Curse and Malik Hooker. I mean, Hooker's got flicked from the Colts, I believe, and now they've got one well, not flicked, but that's where they've picked him up from. So they obviously didn't want him. Yeah, that, there's a lot of a big drop off there. So expect teams to really throw at them. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to look at Diggs as well. Obviously, he was first in the league for interceptions. Um, but you look at something like he was targeted 96 times. So it was about tied fifth in the league. Yeah. Uh, he allowed about 55. So that's easily over 50%. And you're looking at some of those other guys' corners numbers. They're, they're sort of pushing back down sort of that 40% allowance and things like that. So I think he's certainly a bit far away off. And you could tell there was that odd time where he did get easily burnt in a crossing route or something oh. like that, didn't he? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I think that's the issue with him. It's an all or nothing. People will see him, oh, intercept on the stat board. But you don't really see the stats as you've just pointed out, like the percentage of catches against him, the targets, and the yards allowed. Like, we just don't see that. We see the numbers of intercepts or passes deflected and go, wow, this guy is red hot. Mm, I know. And so I think it'll be. I think we're definitely going to see a downtrend for him this year. Um, certainly not the year that he had last year. No. Uh, but it does make for an interesting conversation. I think obviously a couple other ones that are floating around. You've got like Kansas City, I think, and 
maybe the Titans just to sort of wrap up, you know, like your, your mid tier, I suppose. And then once you go below that, you're just looking at the, the shit house of the league really, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. It's stiff because a lot of those teams do have like one or two good guys, but yeah, like there's just not names that jump off the table for you in, in their other positions. Yeah. You're looking at that unit again. So I suppose that'll be the good ones to look out for. I'm thinking, as I said, looking at the Ravens, the Browns, the Packers, um, and then probably coming in with the Saints for a bit of a smoky. Hey. Yep. Love it. I really like that. But secondaries is where it's at. That's going to be the make or break for some of the teams this year. Absolutely. Now, pushing into a, a fun segment of ours that we all enjoyed last year, and I know you guys did, uh, was the Rookie Watch. Uh, so that's back mm. again. Obviously, a lot of rookies running around this week. Um, so we want to see who our best performers were. Uh, Cam, who was your best rookie for this week? Uh, it's hard to say. Obviously, we love Max Mitchell. Great from him. Um, but there was a few guys that I kind of liked out there. I mean, Green Bay had a wide receiver, Romeo Dabbs. I mean, everyone was watching for Christian Watson. Like, that's who they picked up early. Mm. But this Dabbs was pretty good. Kenny Pickett, Kenny Smallhands was actually pretty good. Like I know it's preseason and every quarterback in that game actually went pretty well. Um, Damian Pierce running back for the Texans I thought was quite serviceable. My one this week, and I hate to see it because it annoys me so much that they've picked him up, is George Pickens. The man plays so aggressively and he just loves a shove and he's just shown out in their, in their, in their preseason training. It's like I think he's moved into first-team reps. He had three for 43 and a touchdown, a really nice touchdown catch as well. Mm, like, yeah, real toe drag swag. Oh, it was elite now. I mean, Steelers just seem to go out there and find these guys and just breed these wide receivers. It just does my head in. But could he be in the – I know there's a lot of good wide receivers that went in round one. Could he mm. be one of the best by the end of the season? I think – yeah, I reckon he could be. Although I really am a big fan of Alave. Like he looks so good mm, at the yep. moment. So he, he's got, he's going to have his uh, work cut out for him. I know, I think Drake London might have had a bit of an injury cloud over him after the first game as well. So depending on what happens with him. Um, but yeah, definitely he could. Uh, and I especially, especially you look at like what they got him for. Like he was like yeah. the 11th picked receiver or something stupid, wasn't he? I think so. Cause I started flying off the board. I don't know he went in round two and then a few more went after him. Like Sky Moore went to yeah. Kansas city and then people started really freaking out and started throwing him around. <laughs> but yeah, he went way further than we thought. Yeah. I think definitely like when you look back on it for value for money, he will be number one, whether yeah. he's the number one overall. I don't know. I, I really like him, the look of Alave, especially like if he's got a working quarterback down there at New Orleans. Um, there was another wide receiver as well, who I did like Lance McCutcheon. Uh, I don't know if you saw Ooh, him today. He, not. yeah, he might be a bit slept on um, coming out of the Rams. So um uh, he had five receptions, 87 yards, two touchdowns, uh, one of which he broke multiple tackles to go down. It was a nice 60-yarder, really good. It'll probably be on an ESPN top 10. Um, <laughs> but, you know, just for a relative, like, no-namer who we didn't really who we didn't really know coming in here and things like that. So, But my rookie watch this week was, uh, look, I couldn't go past Desmond Ritter, the Bearcat man. He came in, um, you know, I reckon everyone's sleeping on him. He's certainly not going to be pushing out Marcus Mariota out of the Falcons. Um, yeah. But, you know, I thought he was quite good. 10 from 22, 103 yards, uh, two touchdowns. But he also had a nice 59 yards on the ground. Um, I think that I found when you watched him, you know, he really looked like he controlled drives well. Um, he was able to find it on his feet if he needed to. So probably lent on his feet a little bit too much, but that's preseason. You saw a lot of these guys leaning on their feet a lot. But I did like his looks. Um, he probably got away with a couple uh, potential intercepts he probably should have thrown. But, you know, that's the luck of the draw sometimes, and it went his way. Yeah, absolutely. At what point in the season do we see him become the starter, or do we not see that this year? 
I mean, all things going to plan, I don't think you see him at all. But yeah, okay. I, I look, I think Marcus Mariota could actually be good. He's been sitting behind some guys and I think he's gained some maturity. You know, he obviously came in as that number two pick and was thrown at the Titans. I mean, he was actually quite good at the Titans for those first couple of years, but that obviously wasn't sustainable. Um, so I think he's sort of gone away. Like he sat behind Derek Carr the last couple of years as well. So I'm really excited to see what that's done for him. But potentially if they start losing a lot of games and he's playing like shithouse, I think you'll see something similar to like what Trey Lance had, you know, that media pushing to see this guy because there are a lot of unknowns. Um, and like, and I think a lot of people like these Trey Lances, Malik Willis's, Desmond Rears. Yeah. They, they there's really that excitement factor, and they're just like, look, just just put him in, just put him in, guys. We need to see the fan, you know, the the fancy feet and all the shows and stuff. So I think that's one of those ones where you may see the media push for him sooner rather than later. Oh, absolutely! And look, this is an entertainment league, and these guys get people bums on seats, and people want to pay for that. Uh, Sam Howe, what was your thoughts on him? Did you see much of him? I actually thought he went pretty good. He went, he went pretty good as well. But I think same criticism as I had with Desmond is he probably relied on his feet a bit too much as well. Yeah, okay. I know he ran in a rushing touchdown as well, which is quite a nice yep. one. But I think, yeah, again, you can see these guys; they don't like to um, invite the contact into the pocket. You know, they like to run as soon as they start to feel the pressure. So rather than staying in for that extra second or two to let those routes develop. And I think that's probably where you saw, again, nice rushing touchdown, but you probably want to see that guy, you know, sit in the pocket a little bit more and dial in those dots. Oh, absolutely. And then one guy I can't not name for this, and we love punters because we're Australian. This guy isn't Australian, but the punt god, Matt Eraser, 82-yard oh. punt. I mean, absolute leg on him. I think yeah. it rolled a fair bit, but it, it was a fucking booming kick. Yeah, literally dropped in about the five-yard line and yeah. rolled a bit. I, I mean, yeah, this guy's clearly got a fucking huge leg on him and he'll have the insurance running on that thing. So all right, he'll he'll run it out at Buffalo as well, which would be nice to see. Um, there are a couple of other interesting things in the preseason. Uh, obviously, Deshaun Watson made his return um, and he had an absolute stinker, didn't he? Like, he <laughs> just looks so out of shape. You can clearly tell that he hasn't. I don't know if he's been throwing the ball or whatever while he's been on sabbatical for last year, but gee whiz, he was certainly, yeah, he was having a shocker, wasn't he? Yeah, what worries me is he's going to like, people will see this and go, yeah, he's lost it, but he'll come back and he'll start firing and be really good. But I guess the thing is, we're at six weeks at the moment. He said he's happy for eight weeks and copper fine. I think the NFL want to push even harder than that. Mm. And it was like almost, as you said to me, it's like almost as like he admitted the guilt when he was like making his apology in that, in that weird speech. And I, that was a kind of a weird one for me. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was like, did he just need to get something off his back? You know, that's why it's like, Oh, I played yeah. shit because I'm carrying all this, you know, extra baggage. Maybe if I just say, I'm sorry, everything will be all good again. And it's like, well, I don't think it actually works like that to Sean. You got to run with this. You could sell by the Jags crowd as well. He got absolutely mm. peppered, didn't he? And that's going to be a running theme. I don't think, regardless of what happens going on to the future, he's probably going to cop that for the rest of his career, probably. Well, that's it. That was going to be my next question to you. Is like we did see that from the Jags fans, and I, I don't think that's going to be the end of it. Like he is going to cop an absolute battering when he's away. Mostly, I suppose, home fans won't give it to him. Away fans at the home games might, but. I don't know. Have you ever met Browns fans? <laughs> yeah, this is true. If he starts playing bad, he is going to cop it. <laughs> um, probably another big one that popped up as well was Zach Wilson. Uh, now, initial fears were an ACL. It was a non-contact knee injury. Um, we, I think we've all seen the footage mostly. But essentially what happened, pocket broke down and he rolled out and 
he ran out and rather than trying to either slide in or take the ball out on bounds, which you probably should have, it's a preseason game, you're the quarterback, let's have a little bit of smarts. But, um, you know, he stepped off to try and get around and make make the uh, first down and non-contact knee injury. They're talking about just bone bruising and maybe I think it was PCL or MCL, but yeah. two to four weeks potentially at the moment we're looking at. Yeah, look, it, it's uh, after we saw this, we thought, shit, what's happened here? And straight away on Twitter, geez, fans go so hard. Our <laughs> boy Max, Max Mitchell was playing right tackle in that set. Now, he played really well, I thought. He played 48 snaps, and I thought he was excellent. A tough game. I mean, but, like, it, it's a tough entry to the game. People mm. on Twitter yep. were absolutely fucking roasting him. And I felt really sorry. Like, I feel sorry, and I'm sure he doesn't really care too much. I mean, yeah. I don't read into it too much. But Wilson's <laughs> thankfully not out for the season. But, yeah, I don't know why, one, why he's playing really, because we've seen season-ending injuries in the preseason to big names before. Mm. I don't know when teams learn from this, and I don't know what they're going to gain out of that. And, and Wilson on that play, as you said, not sure what he was thinking. You're not gaining much out of by running down the, down the field. It's a bit odd. No, and I think moving forward, obviously, their backup, they've got Joe Flacco, Old Smoke and Joe. Yeah. Uh, if this was a serious injury, I suppose it begs to differ the question. If you would look at someone like porn star Jimmy, you know, does he, if this ends up being pushed out, mm. does Jimmy G get a look in the New York market? Well, that's the thing. I was going to actually bring that up when we we're talking about players looking for a new home. And I kind of forgot about him. He's got to end up somewhere. I think he's too good of a player or not too good. At, well, I don't know. That's a hard one because he is a good player. He gets his teams far enough. I don't think he's going to win it with a team. Because, well, I mean, where, where did he take him to? Did he take him? No, he didn't take him to the Super Bowl. Did yeah. he? Yeah, he went to the yeah, Super Bowl. Well, so he well, went to the Super go, Bowl. Yeah. I think they made playoffs. And then last year they made the championship. So he's actually, he's actually right. been quite good, hasn't he? Like, Oh, absolutely he has. And they've overcome a lot of adversity over in San Fran. They've had a lot of injuries. But, yeah, I think if you're a team on the lookout, I think he's going to be one that's going to find himself on a roster sooner rather than later. Mm, absolutely. A uh, couple of other things that popped up. Jordan Love, uh, that show rolled through the Packers and he actually looked quite good, except for the fact he threw, I think, a high of three interceptions for the quarterbacks this week, uh, which is, I don't know. You talk <laughs> and you see and you see the talk back of them. A lot of it wasn't his fault. You know, oh, it should have been the route running and things like that. I'll give it to him. One, one, one wasn't his fault because he threw it to the wide receiver, perfect throw, and the wide receiver yep. got his pocket picked absolutely well. So that wasn't his fault. This guy needs to go back to the gym room. The other two, though, I, they, they look pretty bad, I'll, I'll be honest. He did not look good at all. So I think, look, long-term Green Bay, they, <laughs> you know, they got to look and think, is this really the guy we want to we wanna pick up after Rodgers finishes up? Well, that's, that, that, is, that begs the other question. Do they move on from this guy? Like, I think he... Is still worth something. I think teams still could use someone like him. Is it Green Bay? Potentially not. However long AA Ron stays around, mm. and is he the heir to the to the throne in Green Bay? I don't know. No, and I think you got to look at like a market like Green Bay. It's a pretty big place. You look at the last two guys, Aaron Rodgers um, and Brett Favre. You know these guys have a taste for success, and I'm pretty sure, just like Browns fans, if you don't please them, you can be run out with pitchforks and flames. Well, that's the thing. If you've been ble- like, if you're your team that's been blessed with that quarterback play for the last what twenty odd years, I think you mm. count yourself lucky. Other teams really haven't found themselves in the same boat. Like I know Broncos had Manning, who was there before Manning. Uh, oh, we had a run through like um, far out. Kyle Orton, who was the church guy? Um, oh, Tim yes. Tebow. Yeah, well, that's it. <laughs> 
like that's the thing yeah like sometimes you get that really good guy and it's only for a short period and then you're gone again and you're back trying yeah. to like search through the treasure chest that is college football but they've been so blessed with these two guys i think they got to count themselves lucky and whoever the next guy is is going to actually probably struggle regardless of who he is well i think they're never just going to live up to the hype are they it's just going to be too no. tall a mountain to climb yeah exactly but in saying that they've only won like what a couple of titles between them in those 20 odd years it was like one each or something like that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think so. So that's it. Look, I'm, yeah, they're not getting the silverware, but they're still very good. Speaking of another quarterback um, that is going to be pretty maligned, I think, uh, going through this preseason, Malik Willis. Uh, what were your initial thoughts on him? Oh, that's a very good question, actually. I'm glad we brought this up because I watched a lot of this game because they were playing the Ravens. Now, people were absolutely blowing their load over what he'd done. Now, look, he's mobile, can throw a nice deep ball, Yep. But his first pass almost went for a pick six. Our boy Pepe dropped it and probably should have taken it to the house. There was a lot of other throws that really fell short of the mark. There was a couple of really good glimpses of what he could be like. But again, it's the preseason. I'm not sold. As you said, you weren't really that sold on him, but everyone has jumped on board the Willis train. No, I, I didn't really like it at all. I think he had one or two highlight plays. There was the one where he scrambled for a touchdown, which yep. obviously shows he can make some good plays and he can extend the play moving his feet. Um, probably the defense broke it down a little bit easier. You know, you it look did, at like yeah. if, if you have like a first uh, like a first stringer, he probably gets dragged down. Um, you could see a lot of the time as well, especially on like breaking routes, he would he would wait a lot of the time. So and, and you sort of do see this with a lot of college guys, but they wait for the receiver to get open. Whereas like you gotta you gotta throw these guys open. You know, something that I enjoyed with like Ritter and uh, even Kenny Pickett for a bit, they actually threw some of their receivers open, you know, before that the the second they were even making their breaking route or anything. And it prevents interceptions from happening. Whereas you look at sort of the intercepts that he or close intercepts that he threw, you know, these are just these out reps that he's waiting the guy's already broken and the and the um the secondary the center back uh cornerback sorry is able to come down and cut that route off quite easily and i think that's where he's going to struggle because a lot of these corners they're a lot faster now in the nfl aren't they than in college oh absolutely i think that you've just made a very good point like the make or break between top tier quarterbacks is you find that you find the field and you get your guy to move into that space you don't wait for him to hit the space and hit him like it just doesn't work like that yeah, uh, I just think, look, obviously he's probably not going to feature much in the year. You've got like um, Ryan Tannehill and they've got Logan Woodside as well, who, I don't know, he's probably all right. But at the moment, Willis is listed as three on ESPN. So probably not going to see him much this year. But I think no. over the next couple of weeks, we're going to get a really good look of what he can potentially do at the next level because he's going to start getting a look at it especially if he starts to look at some first stringers, I think that's really going to be the make or break for him to see what he does with the football in hand, um, you know, trying to sit in the pocket and, and what his plans are. Cause again, I think like they were talking about it, like your average time to get rid of the footy is like, it's not even three seconds or something. It's like two and a half or something like that. Um, yeah. You know, you're looking at college, some of those places they've got about four, potentially even five, you know, if you're sitting behind like an Alabama home line. Oh, so yeah. the difference is quite um, large. Uh, and especially if they haven't come from like an SEC or something where the corners are actually fast, you know, they're going to get quite a shock. And I think that's what Malik is going to have a problem with because he, he really doesn't, he really doesn't get that ball out quick enough for me. 
Yeah, I feel like some maybe that's sometimes why guys coming out of the SEC at quarterback sometimes don't make it really that well to the next level. Like they're they're playing in such a good league. I mean, you've got such a good division, and they've got a lot of time. And then they get to these like like these smaller schools where these guys probably aren't playing behind a very good O line, so they've actually got to think on their feet, make these passes. But yeah, Willis with Derrick Henry could be really dangerous. But in saying that, on the flip side, Titans wide receivers after they've lost AJ Brown, not really sure what the depth is like there. No, they. They're not gonna. I, I don't. I don't have much in them for this year. Like last year was my. That's your team looks really good. Like they look solid across the board, didn't they? Yeah. But now yeah, you look yeah. at them this year. Their depth. Um, it's pretty much just the Derrick Henry show at the moment. And then, as we said, they've got some decent safeties. But other than that, I don't see too much in them, and I don't see Ryan Tannehill being able to take them to the next level. No, not at all. I think finally, I just wanted to wrap up with another high pick that I saw, who probably struggled a little bit as well, was Evan Neal. Um, Ooh, really. Yeah, I, like just watching a little bit of film with him, uh, you could see that he really struggled. Like he's obviously such a large body and he was he, he was able to use that quite well. But you can see that when he pairs up against sort of like someone similar size who, who can actually use like a swim moves and things like that, he got pushed off his line quite easily a lot um, because you watch him. If you ever watch him, just see he leans a lot, um, uses his weight. And so... It's like, did you ever, I don't know, did you ever do that PE thing in high school where you got to be either rock or water and you got to figure out whether to like push or like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. You can see that he really can't balance himself and, you know, either tries to push too hard and someone can move around him or he, he waits and they can bait him quite easily. So, yeah, okay. I think long term, possibly we may find he struggles stepping up to that next level. And, but, there were some good signs, I'll be honest, but this was just one that sort of caught my eye, I think. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, like, I guess I, for me, offensive lines are really hard one. Unless you follow that team, you kind of don't really take much notice of those guys that are, like, coming into the league and whether they do anything or not. Like, sometimes you say, oh, geez, this guy's going well. He's got himself a new contract. But unless you're watching your team, you're like, fuck me, this guy's really letting us down. He's a turnstile. I actually don't take, probably should take more notice, but it's hard when you don't see the stats on these guys that we've learned last year. But, yeah, I think that's interesting. He was taken pretty high and there was talk of him being – he wasn't the first one off the board, was he? Or was he? No, he was like three, wasn't he? Oh, Yeah, yep. I can't remember. He was he was around about that top two or three. But, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a big issue for them. Giants put a lot into that. But, look, that's not to say he's not going to find his feet and be fine. Oh, look, it's early days. And I think I'm obviously analysing a lot of stuff because I've got piss all uni to do at the moment. So. <laughs> oh, look, mate, you've got to fill in your days with something. <laughs> but no, I think that was just an interesting one for me because you sort of saw him. Uh, we did see some other good things. Obviously, Aiden Hutchinson was quite good. Um, and it was a Trayvon Walker. He was quite good in his debut, wasn't he, for the Jags? Yeah, that was an interesting one. I, he got his sack, but it was weird. It was slow and like he took him down really. I don't know. That was kind of weird for me, but he did well. But yeah, Aiden Hutchinson on and off the field. I know we posted his uh, impersonation of Billy Jean. It mm. was unbelievable. Hard Knocks is just so good. But yeah, look, he's going to be an absolute manoose for uh, offenses. I think, I think, look, the Lions, I think to me, I like what Dan Campbell does. I think they're kind of a little sneaky for me that I'd not to do really well, but yeah. to improve and they're a team I like. And I think I'm curious to see how they go this season. Yeah. I think it'll be good watching forward. And as we said, we've still got another three more weeks. So we'll be keeping up with some of these guys and we'll see how many more reps they start giving them. And uh, hopefully we start to get a big picture of what the layout of the year might look like. But uh, no, I think that uh, might wrap us up for this week, Cam. Uh, any outgoing thoughts? You keen to Who are you keen to see maybe coming up this week? Uh, look, I haven't actually looked forward too much to the game. Now, I think the Ravens have got to keep their streak alive. 
Mm. Don't know who we're. Let's see who we're playing. Let's go and have a quick look at the uh, rundown of this week. Preseason Seahawks Bears. No, look, it's hard when the, you don't really know who's going to be playing for the week. I suppose um, we have got the Cardinals now. We're not going to see Hollywood Brown go up against us, but yes. Trace McSorley could be still under quarterback. So look, hopefully we keep the streak alive. Twenty-two in a row. It would be nice to see. Is there anyone you're liking? Ah, uh, look, obviously the Broncos, but other than that, yeah, just hammering that Ravens money line. So make sure everyone get those bets in. <laughs> yeah, let's keep it alive. All right, see you all next week. Thanks for letting us in your crib. It's been real.